You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. great to see everyone. I want our ushers to come receive our weekly tithe and offering, and I encourage you to participate in the worship of giving and being a part of that. And excited about our life groups that are starting. Some of them started this week. If you have not signed up for a life group yet, you still have time to do that. I encourage you uh, to do that. Looking forward to a great semester of connecting with one another. You may be seated this morning. Luke, the writer of the book of Luke and the book of Acts, would show us different identities that people of faith would be known by. They were called saints. They were called believers. They were called brothers and sisters. They were called witnesses and followers and Nazarenes. But there was another term that ended up becoming the most popular term that we are called today, and that is Christian. And in Acts, it records the moment that they began to be called Christians. And that is a great thing to be called. No problem with it, but it's not what the Bible most often refers to those who were believers in Jesus Christ. So last week I began to talk about that, and we are continuing that today, and I'm going to talk to you today on the subject, I am a disciple, because that is the phrase, that is the term that in Scripture most identify someone as a person of faith. 
So we understand and I'm thankful that I am a Christian. I'm thankful that I am in the Christian community of Pentecostal. Means I believe in the experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in other tongues found in Acts chapter 2. And so I can say that I am a Pentecostal. We say that we are apostolic because we believe in the apostles' doctrine, what the apostles taught, we believe in. So we say that we are apostolic. But what I want to encourage the Calvary Church is to say and to see yourself as a disciple. I want you to say, I am a disciple. I am a disciple. Disciples, as we talked about last week, are individuals of faith who are all in. They're all in. Has anybody ever met a Christian who is not all in? They would identify to you, they would say, hey, I'm a Christian too. I mean, I don't pray, read my Bible, go to church, pay tithe and offering, don't do anything Christian-like, but I am a Christian. Come on. And we have that. We have that in our culture. And that's, that's what it is. But when you say you're a disciple, Come on. you cannot say you're a disciple without being all in. And so a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. And again, we talked about this. I'm not going to dive into that. But in Luke chapter 9, it says, Jesus said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, they desire to follow me. Let them deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me for whoever desires to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. For what profit does it what profit is it if a man gains the whole world and his, himself is destroyed or lost? Jesus made the distinction that if you are going to be a follower, you have to deny self. And that's pretty tough in our culture to deny self, take up your cross, be willing to allow the cross, the denial of self, to take you to the cross of Christ and then follow him, meaning to be all in. And in Luke chapter 9, I might come to it a little bit later, but he said, he, Jesus talked about the three types of followers, the one who said, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go, the one who said, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bury my father. And then the one who said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And so we recognize that Jesus was making a very emphatic point to say that if you are going to follow me, there can be nothing else in the way of Christ. There can be nothing else in the way of following him. And I think that's important to understand. Today we're going to grab a hold of the concept again that I am a disciple. And I want to take just one more angle at it. And, and uh, this will be the conclusion of a very short series. 
But when Jesus came to earth and his disciples followed him, it was actually the fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus was on earth. Prophecy, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, is to make known what is known to God. And so when Jesus came to earth, it was making known what was known to God. There were prophecies about the birth of Jesus in Genesis 22, that all nations would be blessed by the uh, offspring of Abraham. There was prophecies about Jesus in the line of Jacob, in the line of Jesse, in the line of David, that he would be born in Bethlehem, that he would be born to a virgin. He would uh, be worshipped and given gifts at his birth. All these prophecies about his birth. And when Christ came to the earth, he fulfilled these Prophecies. There were prophecies about the life of Jesus, that he would teach in parables, that he would uh, be raising up a kingdom, that he would bring a message of salvation, that he would be despised and that he would be rejected, that he would ride on a donkey, that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. All these things were prophesied. There was prophecy even about his death, that he would be the Passover lamb, that none of his bones would be broken, that he would die and pour out his blood on the earth. His, his blood would be the atonement for sin, that he would be abandoned after that he uh, was being taken to the cross, that he would be forsaken and mocked. All of these have scriptures tied to them, that it was prophesied that Jesus would come to earth, that he would live in this earth, and that he would die and rise again. And so it can simply be said, hear me today, it can simply be said that Jesus coming to earth was heaven coming to earth. In Jesus Christ, heaven came to earth. Prophecy in heaven came to earth. The word of God that was declared from the beginning came to earth. And can I tell us today in this room, we still need heaven to come to earth. We need heaven to descend in our worlds like a cloud. We need heaven in our world. We need heaven to come to earth in our hearts. We need heaven to come to earth in our jobs. We need heaven to come to earth in our homes and in our schools. We need heaven to come to earth. So that's why Jesus would pray and tell us to pray. When he taught the disciples, he said, pray in this manner. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom, everyone say kingdom. Kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is already in heaven. That's our prayer as a disciple, is to pray, God, in every scenario that I'm in, 
Every circumstance that I'm in, every circumstance, whether it's difficult or it's great, I need heaven to come to earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I wish somebody would pray that prayer before you leave today. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're dealing with in your life, somebody needs to pray. God, I need heaven. I need the word of heaven to come to earth in my life. That's the prayer of a disciple. That's the prayer of a disciple that gets up in the morning and says, I could follow my own way. I could go my own route. But I pray this morning as a disciple that I am a follower of you, a follower of you, and I need heaven to come to earth in my life. Amen. And the first time that heaven came to earth is in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God began to create. Heaven began to come to earth. God's Word began to be declared, and heaven began to be formed on earth. Now God begins to move. In the dark and in the void and the empty spaces. And he begins to work. Everyone say work. Work. Say it like it's Labor Day weekend. Work. Say it like some crazy preacher asked you to wear your work clothes on a weekend. Everybody say work. When heaven. When heaven came to earth, when heaven came down, it was to do a work. God was not just content to let the emptiness and the chaos encompass the space. He said, I'm going to work. So when God created earth, when he created the world, he was at work. I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. He was working. We know this because Genesis 2 tells us, thus the heavens and the earth And all the host of them were finished in Genesis 2, verse 1. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And he blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Heaven came to earth, 
and work. God's work, though, was not finished. His work had just begun. And his work was handed to humanity. Some people think that work is a curse. Some of you feel that way today. You hate your job. The job's great, the people are not. But according to scripture, work is not a curse. In fact, we were created for work. Yes. Some of you hate where I'm headed with this. <laughs> Work is what we were created for. Yeah. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Why you got to bring scripture into it? I'm going to bring scripture into it. <laughs> then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Can I help you today? This is before sin entered the world. God created. God worked in the world. And then God put humanity in the world to work the earth. Work is not a curse. We were created to work. We were created to be active in the world. Work is a pre-sin experience. Because in the true essence of work, work is to be fulfilling. How many have ever had a moment on the job? You've done something. Some of you do things that you love to do. That's a great thing. God created us to be active in the world. But originally, work was to be enjoyed. Work was to be something that we love to do. Some of you are entrepreneurs and you enjoy the creative process that comes from God. That's something that is in humanity to enjoy the creative process of working. But sin made work a chore. Sin made work a hardship. But God's intention with work was that it was to be an experience that brought fulfillment to our lives. Genesis 3, 17, it said, Adam, when he, after they sinned, God said to Adam, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb 
of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Sin made work a chore. Work in its original state was to be a blessing in our lives. And that's why the scripture talks about laziness and says laziness cast one into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger. Ecclesiastes 10.18, because of laziness, the building decays and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Even though it's tough, and even though we have to press through, we were made to work. And let me add this now. I already messed with you a little bit. Let me mess with you some more. In heaven, we will not just worship God, but I'll submit we will work in heaven. Revelation 22 verse 5 says there shall be no light there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. And they shall reign. Everyone say reign. Reign forever and ever. Reign is pointing back to Adam. When God said, I'm giving you dominion over everything on earth. Reigning is not just sitting idly watching somebody and just looking, I believe, at Jesus Christ the whole time for eternity. But I believe that God in his word told us that he is going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And I believe that in that new heaven and that new earth, we are going to reign with him. The scripture tells us we will be rulers, kings, and priests with God. That means we're going to be doing something in heaven. Right. All right. That's good. I just ruined heaven for a lot of you. Heaven is going to be a place where you have a new heaven, a new earth, a new body. Somebody say, praise God. God. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll be able to work. You'll be able to do it. But it's going to go back to the original place that Adam was when God created him and put him on the earth and said, I want you to tend it. I want you to work it. Because if you'll do that, you're going to be fulfilled. You're going to do something. You're going to feel the best you've ever felt when you do my work in the world. All right. All right. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to skip to a verse here. Some of you are still wrestling with me here. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't it interesting? He said, I'm going to give you rest. And then he says, what does he say? Take my yoke. I don't know why you would need a yoke. You're not working. All right. 
Just trying to help you, help myself. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I believe he's tracking back to Adam. When Adam was working the ground, it was joy. When he was tending the field, it was joy. When he was out there doing it, it didn't cause strain on his body. It didn't cause strain on his mind. It was a joy to do work. So take my yoke upon me and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. And so we realize from beginning to end work is a word that is ingrained in scripture and work is meant to bring joy and satisfaction to our hearts. So why am I saying this today? Because I want us to understand how the kingdom of God works. God has handed to us as disciples in this world a work to do. He has put something in our hands to do for him and to accomplish for his purpose. Jesus spent three and a half years with his disciples to ensure that they understood how to do his work in the world. He taught them, he showed them, he trained them. Last week we talked about the three types of, of potential disciples, those followers who had misguided priorities. They, they lacked a, an understanding of what was priority in, in God's economy. And so they thought that they could go back and do some things. But he said, you need to follow me with everything you've got. He talked about those who had divided passions. They really wanted to say goodbye to their friends. But he said, no, you've got to follow me. If you're going to be my disciple, you've got to have your priorities in order. And you've got to have your passions in order. And he said that if you really want to follow me, you've got to be all in. And those who were all in were those who were in proximity to Jesus Christ. And those uh, who were following him are the ones that we find now in Luke chapter 10. That, that passage was at the end of Luke chapter 9, but in Luke chapter 10, as soon as he gets done talking about these followers, it says in Luke chapter 10 verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. So we think about the disciples, we think about the 12 disciples. But he said, after these things, he appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. What this world needs and what we need to be as a church is not just a church that has good church on Sunday, but we need to be a church who is active everywhere we go. Every day of the week, wherever we're going, we need 
need to be a part of what God is doing in this world. Can I tell you, there are people probably on your job and in your places where you're interacting every week that are hungry for God, and he's about to go into the world. I wonder if you would see yourself not just somebody who comes to church, but somebody who, as we say, is the church, that you are walking into your job with a purpose. You're walking into your place of employment with a reason. You haven't been there. You're not there on a by accident. You're not there because it's the only job, but you're there on a mission because God has sent you there to do his work, to prepare his work. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, whatever your title is at work, whatever it is, I want to give you something to add to your job title. Because before Jesus left the earth, he said to his disciples, those who were following him, who were those who heard it, those who were in proximity to him, he said in Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name what is the name Jesus. of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He did not ascend into heaven and just leave everything to itself, but he wanted disciples, those who were willing to do the work of God on the earth, those who were following him to make disciples to make disciples and in order to make a disciple as i mentioned last week you gotta be a disciple so the first thing i say when i say i'm a disciple i'm a disciple because i follow but let me add today i am a disciple because i go i am a disciple because i am willing to go wherever god wants me to go i'm willing to walk into any scenario he wants me to go because I've been given the work of God. And can I preach to us saints today? Can I preach to our believers today? Can I preach to some Christians today? Can I preach to some Pentecostals and some apostolics today that you and I are called to go into this world and preach the gospel to every creature? We're, go we're called to go to make disciples. Oh, hallelujah. So I don't know what your title is. Maybe you're the marketing coordinator for your job. But I encourage you to add something to your title. Maybe you want to change your name tag. That'll get some people's attention. Change your name tag. Instead of it saying marketing coordinator, I want you to add disciple making marketing coordinator. All right. I wish somebody would see themselves as a disciple-making medical assistant, a disciple-making web designer, a right. disciple-making dog trainer, a disciple-making president of sales, 
I wonder if you'd see yourself as somebody who's not in this world just to come to church and enjoy the Sabbath of the church or the rest of the church, but you would see yourself as somebody who's been sent into this world to do God's work in this world. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am a disciple maker. As I mentioned last week, we can't make a difference in others' lives when we don't see ourselves as God sees us. And titles and words bring a sense of clarity to how we're supposed to act and look like and what we're supposed to do. And so I, I wonder if you would add this idea that you are a disciple and because you're a disciple, you follow Jesus Christ endlessly and, and, and without reservation that you're all in with Jesus Christ. But also you would see yourself as a disciple because you're living in this world to disciple somebody else. That you're saying, I will go wherever you want me to go. Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whatever your job title is, whatever you're doing every day of the week, do all. In the name of Jesus. Colossians 3, 23, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you. Serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you need to see Jesus Christ as your boss. You need to work as if you're working for Jesus Christ, whatever you've been asked to do, however you've been asked to do it, you do it as unto the Lord, as if Jesus Christ is there watching you do what you do. Right. First Corinthians 15, 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We're called to do the work of God as a disciple. It doesn't mean that you quit your job and you just do nothing. But I believe God has sent many of you into your places of employment. That's why I wanted you to wear that today. Because we wear this hat and we compartmentalize our Christian experience. As if when I come to church, I dress a certain way, I'm a certain person when I walk into church. But I wanted you to have the feeling of what if you were doing the work of God in your work clothes? What if God put you there on purpose? They're wearing some of their school uniform stuff. What if God has a work for you to do in your school? Yes, yes. Because for heaven to come to earth, 
It has to take work. It takes us being who we're supposed to be wherever we are. This is the call. This is the push that I feel God has for us as a congregation. That's something that is born in this church from its inception. That we are to be fishers of men. Bishop Pasley I, that was the first message that he preached in this church. We are to be fishers of men. Bishop Pasley II preached and pushed on us that we were to make disciples. And I feel like those two converging ideas and those two tributaries should reach a a point of being a river in this church that we see ourselves as disciples. And as a, a disciple, I am a follower and I am a goer. I will go wherever he wants me to go. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And so today I hope you'll see yourself as a disciple, not just as an employee, not just as an employer, but as a disciple. A disciple who, yes, you make money in the world, Yes, that money gives you access and ability to do things in this world. But I'm challenging us as a church to see ourselves as disciple makers like we haven't seen before. I'm going to have our ushers come at this time. They're going to pass out a couple things to you. One is our Friends Day card. You take as many as you want. Take your Friends Day card. And I wonder if you'd be willing to invite some people personally. We sent out some mailings this week. We're inviting people. But I'm a disciple maker. So I'm going where God wants me to go. And then after they get done with that, they're also going to give you a little poster. I'm only going to give you one now. But this is a poster to the launch weekend for Brookville Church. We're relaunching it as the Calvary Church in the city of Brookville. And so this gives you just some information about that. You're more than welcome to be a part of that weekend. You're welcome to help us any way you want. But I just want you to know that we're working. We're in the field. We're going into other cities to say, God, how do you want us to work in this field? And so they're going to pass that out for a moment. And I'll be back in just a moment.
Welcome to the Calvary Church. <laughs> I am service pastor of the Calvary Church. Very honored to do that. Very thankful for that. But in my heart of hearts, I really want to be a farmer. <laughs> Kristen won't let me. Mainly because I don't know anything about farming. <laughs> but what I realize is that I, I am a farmer every week. All right. And you are called to be right there in the field with me. I understand and how we've built the Calvary Church and what we communicate is that our relationship building is how we cultivate the fields of people's hearts. How you interact with people on your job and in your school. The relationships you form, the things that you do. They form relationships and it cultivates people's hearts. It's one thing to invite somebody to something that's going on in our church and you've never met them before. And that is good. That's fine to do. We should do that. But it's another thing when you've invested time with a person. And they know your heart and they know your struggles. So I encourage you and you hold that Friends Day card. To me, that's like a seed. That's a seed that you have. And I pray that you wouldn't just indiscriminately throw a seed on the ground. But I pray that maybe you've worked some soil over the last six months. Maybe there's some people that you've talked to and you've heard the, the cry of their heart. You've heard the struggle and the pain of their heart. You say, hey, I want to invite you to this. So I, I want us to, to be a farming church. I hope that over the, the next months, that every week, hopefully we have something for you to pass out. But we used to do this, and I like the idea of it. We have touch point cards that talk about our church and whatever. But maybe you would just grab some seed on the way out the door on Sunday, knowing you've got to go to work on Monday. Not work for a company, but God's calling you to do a work during the week. He's inviting you to do something in the world. And I hope over the next months and into 2023 that we will continue to grow our capacity and we grow our ability to disciple people through personal Bible studies. To me, that is the most effective way for us to make disciples, to 
truly help somebody mature in Christ is through personal Bible study. And I, I understand the hesitancy of that in your life. I don't know a lot about the Bible. I don't know enough about the Bible, and I get that. So we're going to try to do some things that will help you to be able to teach people a Bible study. Maybe you're not going to teach them Genesis through Revelation. But how many of you think you could teach a Bible study on the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. How many of you could probably teach a Bible study? Maybe it's one lesson, maybe it's two, maybe it's four on the grace of God. Because you've experienced the grace of God. How many of you could share with somebody a Bible study about the mercy of God? Because you know the mercy of God. And I believe God is calling us, God's moving us to be a working church. A working church. Not a performance-driven church. Not just a crowd-gathering church. But a working church. A disciple-making church. That our calling, our identity is wrapped up in seeing people come to God. And that's what I believe and that's what I feel for our congregation. I want you to stand with me today. have a Friends Day card probably or a few. We're, we're going to pray for God to use us in these coming weeks. Invite some people. Really reach for some people. I don't know. I, I feel like there are some miracles that can happen on your jobs and in your schools. We have miracles and things happen here, but we're, we're not a mature church, really, until we see things happening outside of Sunday. So we're going to keep reaching for that. We're just going to keep reaching for that. Our life groups are intended to just build relationships. That's what they're intended for to help us to just build relationships with people both in the church but an opportunity for you to invite somebody to something that maybe is not uh, so difficult for many people it's difficult to come into a church building there are people even somebody I'm teaching a Bible study to right now that doesn't attend our church there are people that I'm praying with every week I'm texting with ministering to every week that don't attend our church for a different variety of reasons they don't feel comfortable but it doesn't mean I can't still work. That's right. That's right. That's right. Doesn't mean I still can't do God's work. So that's what I'm calling for us, raising our eyes today. Lord God, we come to you today. God, and in our hand is the seed. 
a seed that if it finds good ground, if it finds hungry ground, Lord, could be something very significant. As Pastor Gleason talked to us about the apple, if we, God, could win one person, Lord, to you, who, God, they, too, can win others. They have things to give. They have fruit to bear. They have seeds to be planted, Lord. There's no telling what you can do. Lord, I pray today for our congregation. I pray you would help us shift our paradigm. You would help us shift the paradigm of our thinking away from just the performance, crowd-driven experience in Christianity. But Lord, that we would see our Christian experience as only truly fulfilling unless we're doing your work in the world. God, I pray you would allow us, God, in spite of the thorns and thistles, Lord, that we would be able to grow, God, your kingdom. God, I pray for courage today. I pray against fear, God, that just absolutely paralyzes people from witnessing. It paralyzes people from talking about your goodness. God, I pray you would give us courage in the field. Give us courage in the field. God, as we're here and we're gathered together almost like a barn, Lord, you're calling us into the field. You're calling us to go into the field to do your work in the world. And I pray, God, whatever's holding us back, God, if we're not following you, if we're not all in, if we're not, God, willing to lay down our lives to, to pursue you, I pray today someone could make that decision. But I pray you would give those today who have surrendered everything to you, give them courage, Lord. God, I pray that you would speak to them. God, as they're with people in the world, Lord, I pray you would speak to them and let your prophetic word be uttered through them. God, give them confidence. Give them confidence to declare the truth of your word. God, even if it's in a one-day Bible study, a two-lesson Bible study, whatever it is, give us courage to do your work, Lord. I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to hold up that Friends Day and say, God, lead me this week. Lead me this week, Lord. Lead me this week. God, we love you today. Send us into the world, Lord, to do your This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.